Welcome to episode 35 of Broad Street Hustle. I'm your host, Tommy Nanny, bringing you, like I said, our 35th episode on the cusp of week 18 in the NFL. A lot of talk about this week. Um, you know, we'll keep it, this show keeps it light. So, you know, we'll touch on on the events that happened earlier in the week, but we're not going to go in depth about it. We we want to talk about the Eagles and some betting lines and playoff scenarios. So we'll keep it that, but we will touch on it, of course. Um, and then then we have our betting recap, as always, and, our, and then our picks, our, our week 18 picks, which will wrap up our season. And we'll, so next week, we'll, we'll look at where we finished and then we'll do some playoff betting. Uh, as always, my host, Jason Sayada. What's going on, Tom? Hey, Jason. And joining us is Jimmy the Chalk. Happy to be back, as always. And uh, we weren't sure if we were going to have our next guest, as he had uh, he had flu-like symptoms. But as Jordan rose and, and dropped, what, 40, whatever, what did he drop, 45, whatever it was, so is Christopher Michael Meeker. So maybe he'll go 3-0 this week. Yeah, trying to hang Meeker. in there, guys. He's got so the bubonic sure plague, but he's been hot, so he wanted to come on. Make sure you hit that uh, mute button when when you got when you hack up a lung. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure all right. Well, let's let's jump in it. And like I said, we'll, we'll we'll touch, and I won't go around the room. You know, you guys just kind of jump in. Um, you know, we all saw what happened with with uh, Demar Hamlin on Monday night. Obviously, crazy, awful. Um, I don't know what's what is it, any anybody wants to say anything before we move on to the Eagles. I mean, I, I'll jump in. I'll just say, you know, it's kind of brought back memories of like a Hank Gathers type thing, although that wasn't live, but uh, just kind of scary in that regard, not knowing what was going to happen and stuff. Uh, you know, as of us taping, it seems like he's getting better each day. So uh, obviously, you know, those paramedics and trainers and everybody saved his life. They brought him back. Yeah, it's crazy because um, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the time those guys are there, they're trained, they probably do, you know, uh what are they called? Non live simulations. Um and they never have to have to come out. So it's almost you know, you've been in scenarios like that at work where you do like the, you know, drills, fire drills, and you're like, Oh, this is never gonna happen. But I mean kudos to those guys. It it, it actually happened and you know, and it's it's weird because we're like so you know, football has gotten so crazy, especially like uh, what was it on Sunday with Josh Sweat was got hurt with a neck injury, and you're you see neck injuries anymore, and you're like, ah, this guy, I'm sure this guy's fine. You don't even think, bat an eye anymore, and that was kind of like what it was um, Monday, and then until you start hearing like, well, they're, they're bringing out CPR, and then you're like, holy crap, and that's when it, you know, everything kind of sets in. But glad to hear. I know the la- latest was he was awake and communicating with the. Uh, pencil and paper i guess so great to hear how about you guys anything before we move on i mean it's just it was i wasn't actually even watching live i was going to pick the game up sometime in the second quarter and then you know start seeing stuff on social media so flipped over at that point but um i mean it's really it's not unprecedented because there was a player that did die on the field in the 70s as i learned in research but i mean it's what like the second time in nfl history where somebody literally i mean his heart stopped he was dead on the field his teammates watched that the closest thing i was thinking of other than that would have been you know uh chuck benerick's hit on frank gifford where gifford was unconscious for 10 days in the hospital 
And Pat Summerall actually thought he died after the game, if you've ever seen that NFL films. But it's um, obviously the right the right move to to halt the game at that point. And like you said, Tom, they drill that. Apparently, you know, Troy Vincent said they do that drill every week with going through those scenarios. And it never happens. So it's probably easy for one of those guys to sort of half-ass it, maybe not pay attention. But they were prepared and they saved his life. So kudos to them. My dad was a paramedic back in the day, so, you know, obviously he's got all that training, and he was, after he retired from the firehouse or fire department, he was a um, a guard at Harris Casino, and one day a guy, uh, you know, a, a customer was in there and just dropped on the floor, heart stopped, and my dad kind of brought him back to life, like he did the same thing that they did with... Uh, with with him on Monday night, you know the guy's heart stopped and he brought him back to life. So CPR, you know, like Tommy said, if there's training out there, I, I took training. I've never had to use it, thank God. But I don't know. I'd like to think I could probably, in some regard, do it. But if if, if there's any training out there, you guys should definitely jump on it because you never know. Yeah, and quickly a, a story that got that didn't get any publicity because it got overshadowed. Apparently, there was an, uh, something happened at the Eagles game as well, where a fan yeah, yeah, I saw that. was unconscious or heart stopped, and a mummer, a guy who was in the mummers yeah. earlier in the day in the full costume, yeah, a, a, a wench from Hospital. a brigade that um, you and I are both familiar with. I was okay. Saved, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. It was an know. ER doctor at Einstein. Yeah, and, nurse and he helped, saved him. Uh, and they Save came, that guy's he, life, it sounds the like. The guy came back and they said, who's winning the game? And they they didn't have the heart to tell him that the Eagles were not winning the game. So, all right, let's 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 move on. And we'll give Meeker the floor here because, uh, yeah, let him take his little his little uh, parade around. The Saints did defeat the Eagles in just a terrible game by, I mean, <laughs> terrible game by the Eagles. Uh, what's your thoughts, Meeker? Well, uh, last week uh, I said, well, not before, uh, not this game, but the, the week before when they played Dallas, I said, I didn't think that the Eagles would lose because Minshew was quarterbacking. Well, this week I have to say, I think the Eagles lost because Minshew was quarterbacking. Um, look, it was a very surprising result. Uh, Saint, the Saints offense was able to control the game with extended drives in the first half. I think Andy Dalton started the game like 13-13 or 14-14. A lot of short passes, a lot of effective runs. They were converting third downs. And, you know, they, they controlled the game in the first half. Taysom Hill had some key first downs as well. And they held the Eagles offense to, like, one first down, which they didn't get until, like, what, the last couple minutes of the uh, of the first half. Um, I don't I was, like, it was surreal to me. I didn't, I didn't know what was going on there. But uh, then it looks like, you know, the Eagles coming back in the second half, they got it going. Uh, Saints offense wasn't as effective. And then they, they hit that long pass to Brown to make it 13-10. And you think, okay, here's where the Eagles take the game over. Uh, but just when you think they're going to take it over, then Minshew throws a pick six. And uh, that pretty much buries the game. Um, I thought Minshew was just very ineffective in the game. He was wild high. He was throwing the ball high all over the field. I think the Saints uh, exploited uh, Driscoll uh, and Jordan was able to get some pressure in that game from the left side. And uh, I definitely think they missed Maddox in the middle, in, in the slide in the middle of the field because the Saints were completing a lot of passes in the middle of the field. The only bright spot I think for the Eagles was they still had five or six sacks. They got to Dalton, especially in the second half. Uh, but, you know, they weren't very effective offensively. I mean, defensively, I think they had an okay game. 
Um, but it was a surprising result, which ended up really not mattering because you know, for, for the Saints, at least, because them, Tampa ended up beating Carolina and knocking them out of the playoffs anyway. Um, but, you know, when there was spots where I thought Minshew could run and Hertz would have done that, he didn't do that and instead to try to force some passes and it didn't work out. Uh, he had a pretty decent game against Dallas, but I think this game, uh, we see how much Hurts means to the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, Minshew was, looked like he was playing in his first NFL game ever. It was awful. Jason? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I don't think Minshew was good at all. I think he was bad. I don't think the game is 100% on Minshew. I think it was a poor effort by the Eagles all around, especially in the first half. Uh, in the second half, at least the defense kind of picked up. I mean, the first half. Uh, the defense didn't allow up any points and had a, in the second half. They yeah. only allowed a couple Dalton of points. started first the, first, the first half, four, well, 14 for 14 or something crazy. Yeah, so like, what? Defense scored, was terrible in the first but half. They scored only 13 points with that. They did because because the coach is a bad coach. Uh, Allen goes, kicks a field goal instead of goes, going for it on. Yeah, but you the could have stopped them there too, and then that's 10 points. I mean, I think I, I think that play actually. I think that kind of gave the Eagles life. I think if if he goes for a touchdown there and they get it, I think it's it's game over at that point. And even if they don't get it, they're pinned at the two. I, I don't. I just think Allen's a terrible coach. But I mean, listen, I, Minshew was bad. He was bad. The whole team was bad. The offensive game plan was garbage. Uh, you know, I just think you throw the whole game out. I think maybe the team was let down because they had hopes that Hurts might play, or you know, I don't know what what happened, but. You throw the whole game out, and maybe it's not a terrible thing because now they have to play this week, and Hertz has got to play and get back into the groove maybe before he has another week off next week, and the whole team has a week off next week. So, you know, maybe you look at it in that regard where it's a week for them to get back into rhythm and, you know, get some good karma going before they get into the playoffs. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think you just throw that whole game out. How are you, Chalky? I mean, <clears throat> definitely, I, 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 you'd call it their worst performance of the year. They were dominated on both sides of the ball for the majority of the game. Um, defense, you know, after that first drive, they did pretty much what you would hope they would do, which is, you know, there were some drives in there, um, which were, I think were exacerbated by the fact that the, the offense was going three and out. So they weren't getting a break after that first long drive um, that New Orleans had. So they were bending but not breaking, and then – it turned on that interception, and then from from that point through, probably you could say early in the fourth, the Eagles were dominating on both sides of the ball, and then uh, they get stopped on the fourth and short at around midfield, and then it was kind of all downhill after that. And uh, I think we all kind of gave the offense credit for their game plan against Dallas and the, their play calling, and I, I'm sure losing Johnson changed some of that, but it didn't seem like they were even the plays they were calling you know Minshew maybe wasn't executing perfectly but they didn't seem to be calling great plays early on and I'm sure you know Sanders is banged up so you don't want to maybe run him as much and you want to have Johnson on that side which is I know they like to go that way but they didn't do Minshew any favors in helping him get into a rhythm early yeah, but in the that's game, not true uh, with the that, play that's, calling but that's not true the first drive the first drive they 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 threw the ball on first down which is common in the start of game and he got sacked he lost seven yards so now what are you what are you going to do you have to throw the ball. You're, you're at second and 17. So that drive, they threw three times. They they were terrible. Minshew was terrible. The second drive, they ran twice. The first two the first two plays, they ran. 
It was third and three. It was an RPO where Minshew decided to keep the ball and thought he was going to out-juke Jordan. If he hands the ball off, it's a first down, but he doesn't. He keeps it. So that's run number three. They go three and out. Okay, so now in the first six plays, you ran the ball three times, you threw the ball three times. So it's, I, I don't – what else were they supposed to do? I, 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 mean, I think, they, I mean, the sacks the definitely hurt. They gave they, up no sacks last week, and then they were getting sacked right away this week. They gave up more sacks in the first half than they I'm had in the game. what I'm saying is everybody wants to you know, say they didn't year, run but. the ball, they didn't do this. They, they did. They ran the ball three times in the in the second drive, and they, didn't get a, they went three and out again. Yeah, I would say that I don't think you should be calling RPOs with Minshew. But yeah, I think in the second half they actually ran the ball more – and they probably should have done that. But they still ran RP. Their offense is RPOs. They're not understood. Gonna, everybody wants to say, "Well, look what they did with Nick Foles." Nick Foles was your quarterback uh, to the end of the season. They can change the offense. They're not going to change an offense for one game for one player. Right. They, they're going to keep because it's not just Minshew. Now the running backs have to learn new schemes. The blocking has to learn new schemes. The receivers. They're not going to do that. They're going to play their same thing and they're going to modify the game plan a little they're bit. Gonna lose. But they're not going to change the offense. They lost, they lost because of Minshew. They lost because of Minshew. He was I, I in the pocket. I, he had he had happy feet on every play. I think he was he part was of never the loss. Come, I don't think he was. I, I blame him one hundred percent. But the, they bought the, the pressure from from Lane Johnson's side constantly. Yeah, Johnson being game. Johnson That's being out. Yeah, he, really he didn't, he didn't um, step up once in the pocket. The interception was hundred percent his fault. He never checked back on on because uh, he was kind of covered. Brown didn't give a hell of an effort on no, either. but. He Maybe it was up. a bad read. I'll, I'll, I'll put I'll put ninety on Minshew. If if now based on what Brown said, like if you think he's jumping that route, you just you run in, you get called for OPI there. Yeah, you take the penalty and don't let that happen. You don't happen. stop. He can't get his attention. Then then I mean, well then I, you lost listen, the game. I mean, I, you say oh, I'm not going to do it, yeah, but, but, the, but that's a, those are the kind of split second decisions you have to make. It's your quarterback job to read a defense, not your receiver. And I'm not. I'm not job to help him out. He's your backup quarterback. Minshew wasn't the main reason. I'm just saying I don't think they put him in as much. Is good situations to succeed with some of the play calls as they did against Dow. You any you put any honestly team. like like you know the play calling with Hurts in the game wouldn't have made it like they would have won with Hurts obviously on a half good shoulder or whatever. Minshew gives you very little room for error, and if you're not calling the right plays, which we can disagree whether they did or didn't, but what plays could they call that he, you're, he you're diminishing your ball. chance to win? Minshew wasn't making great throws. And the defense was able to tee off because they were getting around uh, the right tackle. So, I mean, yeah. you know, they called a great game and Minshew stinks. I, I mean, that's fine. I, I don't think but. any game plan you could do could make up for how awful Minshew was. And there's no team that you could put around Minshew where they would have won with the performance that he gave you. Well, I they mean, weren't the, winning with many quarterbacks in that, in that last week. They were, I, to I, me, I they were, First of all, it's, but the whole game's changed. That second drive, if they get that second first down, they get that first down when he should have ran the ball instead of keeping it himself. Now it's first and 10. The defense doesn't go right back on the field. It changes the completely, the whole aspect yeah. of the game. Well, is then changed. you run the RPO and you tell them don't keep it. I mean, you, you run the play so well, it looks like he, whatever. They ran the RPO and just, just kept it, what, once the entire, in two games? And that was the time he decided to do it when Cam Jordan was standing next to him? I mean, that's I a mean, bad play. They ran RPOs with Nick Foles. How many times did Nick Foles keep it? Never. But like, what I'm you know, saying you, is, you, he you kept run it, try to keep him honest, but you just tell him, don't ever keep it, throw the ball. And he like, didn't. You don't he hand he, it he off. only kept well, it one time, and that was the they only time. They weren't fooling anybody because they, he didn't do it last week. You know, so if he's not going to do it last no, week. No, but I'll tell you I'll tell you what. Maybe they weren't fooling him, but Dallas still respected it 
like Dallas didn't well, because play off the first of, game. You're going to do it, but we're not going to we're not going to acknowledge it. So maybe New Orleans saw it and they said, "Well, he's not going to keep it, so we won't respect." Right, it. but what I'm saying but, is that Reed was wrong because the running back had the hole if he gets the ball. He decided to keep it, and Jordan and stayed with again, him. Again, I'll go back to I, so you have to find a balance between using the same playbook and calling the same plays for a quarterback that it doesn't fit. And then doing that, they got to have some sense that he shouldn't be, he's not able to run those, but you're still calling the plays to keep the defense as honest for the playoffs. Uh, all right, I get it. You're not changing the I just the don't playbook, know what game plan. You're calling plays not going in with a chance to succeed. That's all. When a guy's that bad, I don't know what game plan you could do. I mean, that's like putting me out there. You're, I don't care who, the co- Vince Lombardi could be the coach. You put me out there, we're not winning. I mean, you look at all the teams that lost in the NFL this week, it's all because their quarterback sucked every game. Every one of the teams, their quarterback played bad, with the exception of, I guess, the Raiders quarterback didn't look too bad. But other than that, bad quarterback play is way how you lose in the NFL. That's the bottom line. Yeah. And that's Why what happened with the Eagles, important. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the game, well, game would have look, taken on a different uh, look if Hurts is playing he, the game, for sure. To, I mean, To Jason's point, anybody that looks at this team and compares them to how they were when Hurts is on the team and when Hurts isn't is just stupid. To say, well, the Eagles aren't going to go far in the playoffs. They, they, because the, you're using two games that the MVP of the league didn't play in. That's that's an, that's a stupid statement. I mean, there's a reason. Take Mahomes off the Kansas City Chiefs. Where how far are they going? Take Allen off Buffalo. How far are they going? I, mean, I just think you, you throw the game out. You throw the game out. You know, and again, I don't, the I last don't know. two games mean absolutely nothing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how bad of a thing. I mean, did you really not want Hurts to play again and go like five weeks without playing? Like, I'd rather him get. Oh in. yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, the only reason and why play me is because now they have to win. It's like, ah, oh, well, yeah, but there's I mean, always yeah, I mean, it, it's you know they're not going to tell you if he plays. Oh, his shoulder's ninety five percent or it's eighty five percent. Still I mean, limited in practice. Some of these injuries. Hey, have, he might not no, play. he's not full. But the you know uh, some of the guys non quarterbacks have had this injury. We're out four or five weeks. Um, the last couple of years, it, to me, I mean, if there's no serious um, implication of re-injuring it, making it more severe, then playing them is fine. But if they if they don't win, if they win last week, you don't have to roll that those dice. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, and everybody was healthy, and now it's like, okay, well, it's a shoulder injury. That's something you don't necessarily want to mess around with, and um, you get a freak accident like Sweat, who. I think should be able to come back for the playoffs. He didn't, they didn't IR him. He's just going to need a couple of weeks off, but that was a fluky, you know, he, he put his head into the guy's hip. And so you run the risk of now getting an injury like that with your starters. Which, yeah. It's football. You know, I mean, you know, that's football. That's football. That's the way it goes. I mean, yeah, it's there's, to me, to me, there's I, no way around I just, it, but I don't want to go five weeks without my quarterback playing and then having to jump into a playoff game. I, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's good. I, I just think, you know, then he's going to be rusty in the first half of the game. Yeah, it's just get him in, you know, get him a half of football. Maybe he gets acclimated. They get back in the rhythm. You know, they roll into the playoffs. Maybe they're up 21 nothing, and then, you know, they call off the dogs, and then the second half Minshew comes in or something. You know. yeah, that, that would uh, be I mean, the I, optimal you know. situation for him this week is if they bury them in the first half and then they could take him out and rest them for two weeks. But – yeah, I think that's a likely scenario, but I won't get ahead to the game yet. Well, let's, I mean, that's enough. Let's move on to the game itself. So, um, you know, I don't think there's a chance they could lose. Vegas, Vegas puts out a 14-point line, minus 900 morning line, or money line without knowing if Hertz is even going to play. So, obviously, Giants aren't going to play anybody in the game. Um, it'll look similar to their pre, a preseason roster. So, 
you know, it's not much to cover there. I do think Hertz is 50-50. I mean, I'm not guaranteeing he plays. I, I honestly don't know at this point. Um, yeah, I think it all comes down to tomorrow. If, he's, if he practices, he plays. If he doesn't, he's probably not going to play. Yeah, if he's limited tomorrow, I would think it's probably a concern at this point. Yeah, um, and they, they still they still beat them. With yeah, I, I, mean, I think this is a game they win with Mitt doesn't. I mean, they're maybe, 14 point favorite for a reason. Yeah, I mean, when the Giants has nothing, I mean, there's nothing they can't gain. From they have nothing to play for. At all. They're not going to yeah, play but, anybody. But the thing is, right? There's a difference between teams that are have nothing to play for, but their starters are playing, versus teams that have nothing to play for, and it's. But it might not. In some cases, it's the backup of a backup that's going to be in the position. They're practically, you know, they're they're practically going to be Tyrod Taylor. It's right. Barkley's not going to get on the field at all. I'm sure. You know, no, no. Well, he probably won't. Like a lot of these guys won't even dress because they need the backups to be they because they don't want somebody to get hurt and then force Barkley to come in the game. Yeah, for them. I mean, this is their bye week, right? Because now they're playing next week. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's... What, what we were talking about earlier, Chalky, like, yeah, the likely scenario is maybe they're up 21 nothing if Hurts plays. Maybe you start him in the first half, but maybe backwards. Like, if he, if they don't need to have him play and they're up 21 nothing and Minshew's starting, you don't need to put him in the game. But to Jason's point, do you really want to go into the playoffs with your starting quarterback out five weeks? So do you start him, or do you wait until it's a close game and then feel yeah, like you have to bring him? I don't, you you can't have it. a guy yes. come in down seven points in the Nah, they're not going to do yeah. that. No. If you have any inkling that he'll play at all, you start him. Yeah, yeah. it would be start or nothing, or he's not playing. Because well, then he's he, warming up, he's sitting for two quarters, or whatever, no. and then coming in. And like, you're no, not, you can't, he's not, you you're not going to dress, you're not going to use the roster spot to, to have him sit right. there. Especially if you are winning, you want to have extra roster spots to put in the, the, the scrubby guys to take, you know, to get injured so your starters don't. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, there's not much to cover. We don't know if Hurts is playing. Um, you know, the, the other thing is the Giants, just like their their backups are going to play. You, they're already they're already scouting the you know who they're locked into uh, Minnesota pretty much or Minnesota or I guess San Fran could be. It'll be Minnesota, yeah. But they're so they're already game plan, and I'm sure they're, they're half of their coordinators are already looking at that game. They're not. You really think they're watching tape on the Eagles? They can care less. So you know, it's it's not just the players not playing. It's the coaches. It's the game plan. It's yeah, and I mean, game plan for the backups is going to be different in some ways, but uh, if, if you're the Giants and you think, well, we have a good shot to beat whoever, in this case Minnesota, you're coming right back to play the Eagles. So why even bother to show much of your hand in this game if you're going to be seeing them in two weeks anyway? So you're not going to get a full game plan for this game for sure. Yeah, um, anything else before we, we, we move on to cover about this game coming up? I, I I would just say I think it's a little better than 50-50 Hertz plays, but I wouldn't, I'll say 70-30 just based on what the players are saying today, which they didn't say anything of the last couple of weeks, but it's not a slam dunk just yet. It's just odd that he's limited, you know, like I think tomorrow, if he's a full full practice tomorrow, then obviously he's playing, but. And I, and I don't you think they would just say he's playing if they knew for sure? It's not like gamesmanship at this point. You're playing, you're playing a, uh, a yeah. preseason roster. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, they knew he wasn't playing the last two weeks, and they still right. Back. But that was different. You were playing against a team that was going to play. You're playing a backup. Like what is? What do they? Like I just don't see the. the I I just I don't know I I. 
Well, one of, one of the things Sirianni I think style, they're going to do is they're going to move Maialata over to right tackle and Diller to left tackle. I was listening to that today. That's a, an option to take care of this Lane Johnson problem. And then um, when they get Garner Johnson back too, so you get a couple players back and sweat. I'll be shocked, if they, I'll be shocked if they do that. Uh, what moving my lot of two? Yeah, I know they, I they talked about it, but at this point for this game, I don't think I don't think they do that. If Johnson was not going to come back, they might look at that. But I think they ride out with Driscoll. I, I um, think even if Johnson's back, game. he he's going to be he's not going to be one hundred percent. I mean that that's that yeah, injury gonna, is not going to heal one hundred percent by the time the playoffs start. I mean, and they mentioned he was not one hundred percent with whatever that injury was prior to the Dallas game. So the question is, well, you know, what was what level was he at there? You know, and then what level will be at? So if it's a similar level, there's a chance of re-injury, but he was still playing at a very high level while definitely not 100% with the abdominal yeah, issue. Yeah, but that that, core, um, that abdominal injury for an offensive lineman is tough to overcome. Oh, oh, I mean, I wouldn't, there's no guarantee he comes back and doesn't make it out of the first game, even if they were to win for sure, or the first half. Uh, it's one of those things you don't, a hand injury would be something probably you'd want the most because you can always put a cast on and have a club, but uh abdominal uh, is one of those things you don't want to have to worry about. So you don't think you experiment with what they're thinking about doing in the case that he no. can't come back and play? If, unless they really think he's not coming back to play. No, I'm not experimenting in this game. I'm just letting, I'm letting it stay the way it is. Cause now you're, now you're putting hurts in not at hundred percent on a new line set up that he hasn't played behind. Driscoll's gotten in the games earlier this year when Johnson went out, right? The first Dallas game, I think Johnson went out too with a concussion. Um, so he's gotten reps with Driscoll. Now you're completely flipping it around. I, I, I would not do that personally. I don't think they'll do it. But look, Mylotta hasn't been like anything special this year either, though. He struggles I mean, with speed, guys. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of times where Hertz has made up for some of the bad plays for that Mylotta made. So and a lot of the, a lot of the teams will put their speed rusher over the right tackle nowadays anyway. So it's not like you're getting a more favorable matchup necessarily by moving him that way. Um, and again, we'll who's going to play? Like Thibodeau is probably not playing. You know, like no. it's backups. It, it, it's, it's yeah. This is this is this is like a preseason game for the Giants. They're they're, they're a fourteen point favorite, with now knowing if the quarterback's going to play. Right. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're confident that this is not going to be a very close game, uh, nor should it be. So, all right, let's move on to uh, before. So we, we're early here. So before we have um, jump into our recap, uh, you know, in the absence of talking about the the rest of the league, well, let's look at some of the playoff matchups that uh, for next week. Uh, we pretty much know most of them, so uh, we can we can kind of uh, crystal ball it and then go from there um, and see. See, let's set some lines for these games um, and see how close we, we we can get if Jason wants to maybe record some of these so we can we can see. Um, we'll go game by game. We'll start in the AFC because that's just kind of where we we always usually do, and we'll do the the stinky game first. So we got Jacksonville. Which would be home against the Chargers. That's probably looking like the the likely matchup. And we'll actually just take turns going first to make it fair. So we'll start with Chalky on this one. Um, what do you think for the line of Jacksonville home against the Chargers? Uh, I would say Chargers favorite three. Meeker. So a game would be in Jacksonville, uh, but I'm going to go Chargers minus one. 
Jason. I actually have Chargers favorite also. I have minus two. Yeah, I I had this game as as a pick 'em. Um I think they're both even teams and then Jacksonville gets the edge at home. Um and then because of the public money it would be on the Chargers, I think that that's closer to a pick 'em. So I, I would have it as a pick. Um and then Tennessee, I would have the Chargers favorite. We don't have to go through that, but I would have the Chargers favorite in that one. I think the way that uh, they our, play this game, like however the result of the Jacksonville, yeah, of game, course, obviously bearing on the line, you know, yeah, of of course. Um, so then another likely matchup would be Cincinnati versus Baltimore, which would be the third time this year. Um, and Cincinnati won the first game, I believe, right? So this, oh, Baltimore won the first game. Yep. Okay. Oh, that's when Cincinnati was, they played was trash. Yeah, Tucker, Tucker kicked the last second field goal. Okay. So that would be Cincinnati, Baltimore. We'll just go to Meager first and we'll do it that way. Well, I, I mean, a lot of this depends on Lamar, Lamar but I mean, uh, I'm going to go six and a half Cincinnati at home. Uh, assuming Lamar is not going to play or even if he does, he's not a hundred percent. Jason. Yeah, I have uh, I have the Bengals by I'll say seven and a half. I had seven, but I, I'm going to lean seven and a half. All right, this would be me. I have it at eight and a half. Cincinnati, chalky. Uh, if we're saying Jackson's going to play, um, I mean Bengals are minus. We're seven. saying what line are you putting on the game if it's played next week? We don't know who's playing. So you decide if he's playing or not. What's the line? You get Six one and a half. shot. Bengals six and a half. Just, just a real, real quick. I've been hearing some, some goofy stuff about Jackson and Baltimore being a little upset with him. It seems like obviously he's not a hundred percent, but they, I think they think he should be playing these games, and he's not, and it's probably contract related. So yeah, well, he wanted guaranteed money, and he's yeah. playing without a contract. Yeah, so, yeah. so I don't know. You know, I, I don't know, but I think they're getting frustrated with him. All right. And now we'll go to, I guess this one has three scenarios, so let's try to figure this one out. So Buffalo versus New England would be the first one. Uh, I'm sorry, Jason. And you're going to stick with, you're going to go do all three. I'm going to do all three. All right, so Buffalo, New England, uh, I'll do seven and a half. Buffalo, uh, Buffalo, okay, Buffalo Miami. Miami. Buffalo, Miami, I'll do eight and a half. And Buffalo and the Steelers, I'll also do eight and a half. Okay, and then uh, that would be me. So uh, Buffalo at New England, I will have uh, seven and a half. Depends on, that is the line this week, so it kind of depends, I guess, a little bit how that looks. Um, I actually think there would be a bigger favorite against Miami with the quarterback situation. So I would go nine and a half. And then uh, with Pittsburgh, I think it's closer to like 12. Um, Chalky with New Eng- Buffalo, New England. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty similar. I, I would, I'll say seven on Buffalo, New England. Uh, nine and a half was the first one that came to mind on Miami, and I'll go nine and a half on the Steelers as well. All right, and Meeker finish off the AFC, Buffalo, New England. Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit of a higher line with basically all three. So I'm going to say Buffalo at home would be minus 10 against the Patriots, minus 10 and a half against Pittsburgh, minus 10 and a half against Miami. I think the emotion also of what's going on here might 
mean the line's going to be a little bit higher too. Yeah, that's going to be you know that's going to be tough to figure out how they're going to play. Um, it's going to be tough. All right, let's uh, let's wheel it back and we'll start again. We'll go back to Chalky and we'll do Tampa Bay versus Dallas. Uh, Dallas will be favored there. I'll say three and a half. That's high. Meeker? I actually think Dallas will be favored by four and a half. And the only reason why I think it shouldn't be one won't be higher. Games in, the game's in Tampa Bay. I, I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think it matters. I mean, Tampa's just they're not really a good team, and Brady's the quarterback, and that's the reason why they get an extra three or four points. But Dallas is a much better team. I think it should be higher, but I'm going to go four and a half. All right, Jason. Uh, I'll do Dallas favorite also by two and a half. Yeah, I, th- I think you got. I have one in Dallas by one and a half. I, I mean, I think they're a f- you know four and a half five point better team than Tampa, and you throw in the home field. Um, I mean, I don't know why where Dallas is that much better than anybody, but uh, Tampa does suck. Uh, well, minutes- I, I, I'll say this: if we're predicting what the line is going to come in at, and Vegas is definitely going to overvalue Dallas compared to the way you just analyzed it. So, if we're picking the Vegas line, I think Dallas is going to be higher. Why? Why do you say that though? Because because Dallas is a seven point favorite right now at Washington. Yeah, Washington number, number one, you said four or five. Well, the three point the three point home field advantage doesn't apply anymore. So you're looking at one to two at the that's most. Not true. So they might that's not they true. might uh, okay. That's not true. All right. Well, it does apply. It's not always what, three. It's not three for every team. Yeah, it's but no, but, but very few people give three points so for a home field two, advantage according two and to and the half. ones I read. So I think you it's going to be more of a one applies. or two point advantage, which puts it right around the three line. And I think wait, they don't see this. Tampa this, as a as a good this, team. So that's that's why I think good, that line is going to be higher than you think it should be. That's a good analysis. Not a good team. Let's go. Let's go to their seven point favorite at Washington this week. At Washington, Washington is playing for nothing, zero. They have no reason to play this game. Dallas is playing for still the number one seed, regardless of if the Eagles are four, for the number. They're a seven point favorite. You're saying they're going to be a four point favorite against Tampa, a team that's going I'm to be saying that in the Dallas. Dallas, Dallas has already said that that might pull starters in the second half if the Eagles game is out of hand. So you have to account for the fact that their starters might not play the whole game if you're making a line. I don't think so. We'll see. I'm telling you what I've heard the bookmakers say. They could be lying through their teeth, but this, I'm okay. not just making this up out of the air. That'll be one of the games we keep an eye on. I, I think you guys are way off. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Meeker, your turn. We got Minnesota versus the Giants. I want to say Minnesota at home minus five and a half. Jason? I only have Minnesota as a three-point favorite, Miss Keen. I have Minnesota as a three-point favorite as well. Uh, two Minnesota two. Okay. So going back and... to the if this if the home field advantage applies, which may not to Minnesota, you're basically saying the Giants are a better team. Chalky. No. Ah, uh, yes. First of all, I think well, Vegas. I do think Vegas has the Giants re- as higher power rankings than the than Minnesota. Yes. Yeah. You look I, at some of the lines they've made in those Minnesota Viking games. They they're not respecting that record. They're respecting their their. Play, well, which is a lot of close games, and so three points they're not. You're not getting, game. you're not getting three points for a home field advantage in Minnesota. You might be getting one and a half or two. So I'm, I'm, maybe I'm, two. I'm, my two is building in a two point home field advantage for Minnesota, saying it might be an even game on a neutral field, and Giants would be favored if that game was in the Meadowlands. Oh yeah, for well, sure. Yeah. 
All right, and then um, Jason, let's finish out the uh, NFC. Uh, San Francisco, Green Bay. Yeah, I'm going to go a little lower in this game than you would think. I think Green Bay is only going to get six and a half in this game. Yeah, I was the same. I was uh, flirting between seven and a half and six and a half. Um, obviously, that key number. So I'm going to play it safe and just say seven. Chalky? Seven is where I landed. And Meeker, finish it. Uh, green, Just Green Bay or Seattle and Detroit? We're going to throw them in there too? Just uh, I only did it for Green Bay, but yeah, I mean, I guess you. I, guess yeah, I think could. if they, I think it's six and a half against Green Bay. If it's Seattle or Detroit, it's probably up to around nine. Uh, yeah, I don't. Anybody else want to want to uh, do the uh, chalky? You want to do Detroit uh, nine and a half minimum? I don't know if they would go double digits, but I think it's at least nine and a half. Yeah, they may, that might be double digits. I'm not sure. And then uh, I don't know. Seattle. Detroit. I think eight and a half. Detroit. I think uh, Seattle. Maybe nine and a half. Something like that. You maybe really? You think? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess they're. They I don't. Have, I think if Detroit. I don't think Detroit's in, not, they'll have to. They'll have to beat the Packers at night at Lambeau, right? So maybe they give them a little extra credit for that for going on the road and do that. Yeah, but that, but, that uh, line's only four and a half, and that's, you know, that is a three-point advantage in Green Bay. Right. So you figure that's a point and a half more. So if you're at seven, then eight and a half, theoretically, would be, make sense. Meeker, what did you have for 49ers Packers? Six and a half? Six and a, uh, six and a half. I have the... Just something to add. I don't understand why the NFL flexed that game. I don't know. Was that originally a Sunday at eight o'clock game? Detroit. No, that Bay? was the, that no. was flexed. Yeah, they had no they had no times until uh, last Sunday night set for this. I mean, I so, think they they that game got flexed probably because it's no matter what the game means something. Yeah, Green Bay's got to win. So uh, Green Bay has uh, Green to Bay win. Wins so if Seattle game. loses. It don't matter. Like Green Bay still has to win their game, I guess. Like so, it might not mean anything for Detroit. So if Seattle wins, it means, but it still would mean something for deep for Green Bay. Yeah. So the risk would be the another game, game could mean nothing for both teams. Well, it's Jacksonville right. and Tennessee. The only other Jacksonville game Tennessee did that slot and and had all those teams Saturday playing at the same but time. But they have it Saturday primetime. So they, they want a primetime game that meant yeah. that meant something. Both did. They needed two primetime games. Yeah. Right, something. I just feel like I mean it would have been more drama if they didn't know what the result of that Seattle game was going into it. Now the Detroit- yeah, but it's still drama because Green Bay. It's Green Bay's playing to Green get Bay into has the to playoffs. Win. And Detroit's not going to sit. I don't think. I, you'll find out soon with my picks, but I don't think Campbell is going to, you know, I think he's going to have them riled up regardless. He's going to be like, Oh yeah, that game. I agree. I think Detroit doesn't change. They might not. I mean, honest to God, they might not even watch, know the result or Campbell might not even know the result. You you don't know. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I totally think Detroit's going to go, you know, all out regardless in that game. So I think it's going to be a good game. Perhaps. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on. Time is moving rapidly here, um, and that's that's pretty much all we got for the show. Um, the bulk of the show. Now we'll go into our betting recaps um, that Jason will take over for us. Yes. Yeah, so we'll start with the uh, the league stats again. Uh, over under seven. Over eight. Under last week. Obviously, only fifteen games completed. So over is one eleven. Under one forty four. Uh, public was seven and eight in their over under, so public is still uh, over five hundred. One twenty eight to one twenty six. One twenty eight wins, one twenty six losses. 
Public was six and nine against the spread, so they're one twelve and one thirty nine against the spread. So they continue to not be good um, against the spread. Uh, so I guess we'll move on to our weekly stats um, and. Um, I, I'll just start with me because that's the way I have it written down. Um, I went one and one. Um, I did have a pick in the game that um, was canceled. Um, the, the the Bills. I had the Bills money line, so I obviously did not get any result in that game. Um, I lost my best bet. Um, the Jets were atrocious. Mm-hmm. It's a terrible, terrible best <laughs> bet. Mm-hmm. Terrible pick. Nico, um, you want to take your victory lap on that one as well? Well, I, I hear somebody who's like uh needs to take out loans to cover their best bets making comments but um we, we could get to him no, in a second or you could speak talked now about the head to head talked about the head to head head to head you guys yeah not it worked yeah. out for you guys or chalky was was right with you all right yeah pick. listen by, by the way the stellar and they went about stellar analysis meeker has not won a game against me head to head all year but he's talking like oh the head to head that's a bad choice for you like okay yeah look at the numbers but nonetheless yeah so anyway, we'll, we'll get to you, Meeker, and your your stellar record that you have. But uh, So I lost that, and then I won the Packers, obviously. I should have got credit for maybe two wins in that, but I won't. Um, so I was 1-1. One one. Um, Tommy, Tommy went 2-1 this week. He actually, he lost his best bet also. He had the Ravens. Yeah, um, they really stink. Yeah, yeah, they can't score. I, I went to bed with them up being like, ah, oh, they, they got this game covered, and then I guess they didn't score again after that. But uh, Broncos, it uh, was a good pick. He, he won that game, uh, covered there. And then the Chargers uh, easily uh, covered. So he went 2-1. Uh, Chalky was 1-2. and two. Uh, As we mentioned, he had the Jets as well. Awful. Um, he had the Packers, so once again, maybe Chalky should get two wins for that. Um, and then uh, he had the Dolphins, who backdoor covered me and destroyed me, not in my picks here, but everywhere else. But they didn't cover because Chalky had the, the money line. Maybe he should have. Maybe he should have took the spread there, Chalky. But uh, he went one and two, and then Meeker, Meeker uh, went two and one again. I think back to back weeks, Meeker. You had the Chris, uh, maybe Christmas miracles happen, or Christmas miracles are happening lately for you. But um, back-to-back weeks with you winning your best bet too. Um, you had the Seahawks, um, which you were uh, murmuring about before or mumbling, whatever you're doing. Um, uh, so you covered there. You had Carolina, which was a loss, but then you had the over in the Kansas City Denver game, so you won and went two and one. Um, we'll go over our overall records here. I'm now 31, 18, and 1, profit of $1,011, 20% ROI. Tommy's 27, 16, and 2, profit of $974, 22% ROI. Chalky is 23, 27, and 1, minus $594 uh, loss, I guess, and minus 12% ROI. Meeker is 20 and 28. He's under $1,000 of a loss, so he's minus $992 now, and minus 21%. And overall, our pod is one hundred seven ninety-eight and 6 plus $45, plus 0.2% ROI. And I'll end with our best bets. Um, like I said, I dropped mine. I'm 12-4-1 now, $670 profit, 39% ROI. 
Tommy also dropped one. He's 10-4-1. $635 profit, 42% ROI. Chalky is now even, 8-8-1. Um, eight and eight and um, minus $39, minus 2% ROI. So if he could hit his best bet this week, he could finish profit uh, for the year on his best bet. Meeker's 5-11, minus $654. So he would need... Uh, Three or four more seasons, maybe, to kind of catch up his number uh, to get even on the year. But he's minus 41% ROI. And our pot's pretty good. 37, 32, and 3. $390 profit, 5% ROI on our best bets. So let's finish out strong. Now, did we have a Twitter pick this week? We had a Twitter pick, and it was not good. Uh, it was the Jets. Um, terrible pick. So we dropped one. We're still 10-4-1. and one. Uh, we might have one this 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 week to kind of close out the regular season. I'm sure we'll have some playoffs, but yeah, the Twitter pick did not work out well this week. Okay, and that that could be followed at Broad Street Hustle. I believe Chalky gave out the Ohio State pick as well at the end of last week. Oh, pod, right? it was not put on the on Twitter. Did did the Chalky? Uh, not at the end of the pod, Tommy, week, as Tommy right? already knows, as we discussed, I made zero on it because the steam coming on Ohio State and dropping the line, I took money line only, so I did not cash that. Ooh. But Tommy, Ooh. I know, did so. What was the money? Yeah, line? I, right I, opinion, I, bad betting. I had overs in the first game, and I think each team independently went overs by uh, themselves. And then uh, I had both the money line and Ohio State, so it came it's out like ahead. Tecmo Bowl. What, did like the money, what was the yeah. money line? Zero odds, defense, chalky. On Ohio State, yeah, uh, it was plus two hundred. I think I got it at day of the game. Yeah, I say I bet it at. They were minus. They were plus six when I bet it. I would it end up going. They were. They were. They were plus six and a half when we recorded last week. I didn't go in to bet it until the day of, and they had been taking a lot of money by that point, so it had dropped. And they should have. They should have uh, won the game, but. Um, and then before we give out our now. pick, just a little housekeeping. So next week is uh, start of the playoffs. We assume, I guess, right? We, we don't know for sure what's happening, but I would assume. Um, and we'll probably go game by game. We'll give a selection for each each game, and we'll, we'll keep our stats that way. But then we'll give a best bet as well. So out of all the playoff games, each person will say this is their best bet. But we will actually give out a pick for each game from all the panelists. Um, not sure if we have some special guests lined up. We may, um, who will also kind of give out their picks. Um, but we will go game by game. We'll talk a little analysis. We won't do any recapping um, from the prior week, so we'll just jump right into it. So stay tuned. That'll be um, how the kind of the playoff format kind of looks, and we'll probably stick to the NFL till the Super Bowl. And then um, that's it. Let's move to the uh, last segment, which is our picks and traditionally how we, we do it. Uh, Meeker gives out his picks first so everybody can change theirs. This would be the part where you speak, Meeker. All right, so I'm going to start off this week with, uh, yeah, my my internet's a little screwy, so you, you stopped like a minute ago. So, but, so are your picks, all right, so but yeah, Minnesota, it's, it's, not, Minnesota it's not your first. internet. <laughs> yeah. Again, I don't know what happened last week with the with this Twitter pick and this best bet that you had, but apparently it didn't work out for you, right? It didn't, but I I just read I'm 31 and 18 and you're 20 and 28, so obviously I'm uh, winning yeah, some yeah. games and you're not. So, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you take the Vikings. I don't know Doug Flutie's quarterback and Jim Miller's quarterback in for the Bears. Whoever's quarterback in for the Bears, they're given seven and a half points. 
they have a shot at jumping San Fran if they lose and they play before them. So I'm assuming they're going to go out with style points. So seven and a half points, not not a big line to put, to put against whoever's quarterback. And so we're going to go with that. I think this is a close game, Tennessee and Jacksonville. My second pick is going to be Tennessee plus six and a half. Um, I think Jacksonville wins the game, but I think it's a field goal game. So I'm going to take the points and run with that. And then my third pick of the week will be the Steelers minus two and a half. And make sure that's right. Is that right, Chalky? Yeah, that's, right. that's correct. I know that line might move. All right. The pick might not be right, but, the, but the, the odds are right. Yeah. I know where you're going with it. So we'll go another head-to-head, and I'm going to take the Steelers because they need it more. And they're playing pretty well. So that's my three picks for the week. Okay. Uh, Chalky, you want to go, go ahead? <laughs> yeah, so I thought about doing something pretty dumb, like taking some of the longest shots just to – maybe catch a break and, and be profitable for the year. So that was obviously dumb. So uh, I decided to do something that's possibly even more dumb. And uh, wise words that somebody here once said is that sports and other things are often predetermined as far as what the outcome is, or there's a preferred outcome. So with all the questions this week as to how these games are going to play out and whether teams will play more than others, there is one scenario where none of that will matter if that Bills Cincinnati game got replayed or not as far as AFC seeding. So in order, top pick, Bills, minus six and a half, buy and a half point there. That's a minus 120 line. Second choice, Raiders, money line, plus 330. Third choice, the Baltimore Ravens at plus 260 money line. Wait, that what's the turn, reason? That, that goes that way. The, seed, the seeding will not matter, and that's the way it'll play out. But wait, why? But okay, I got you. So since that loses, then um, uh, Buffalo Re- replaying the, the game. Seed. If they were to do that, which they're not, wouldn't make a difference in the seating. Right, 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 right. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I like that. I like, I like that. Actually, I think it's probably going to lose, but I like that. <laughs> I think two uh, of them are very likely to lose, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I hey, look, you know, you know me. I pick guys. I just I look at obituaries when I make picks. So. Uh, all right, let's. I'm still like in between here, so I might have to do something on the fly. But obviously, my my number one, my best bet of the week has been solidified, and that is the Bears at plus seven and a half. So that was one of those that I wasn't. It was definitely a pick. I just wasn't sure the the order, and it within the last minute it quickly skyrocketed. It was like a stock, t- uh, you know, a merger that the stock just kind of went through the roof. So that became my number one pick. Um, my third pick has now been elevated to my number two pick, and that is Cleveland plus two and a half. <laughs> um, and then, uh, this is where I, I just don't know. I, I'm going to make this pick. I don't like it. Um, I'm going to stick with Falcons at minus four and a half. I do think that Tampa may try to right the ship and, and kind of play, but at the end of the day, they're, they're playing for nothing. Um, and uh, what's that? That rookie quarterback still looking for his first touchdown pass. I, I think they're a little more motivated. The line, Vegas obviously believes that in the line. So I'm going to stick with that at Atlanta, four and a half. They were all minus 110s, nothing nothing crazy on the, on the juice. Uh, Jason, bring us home. 
My top pick, my best bet, will be the Cleveland Browns plus two and a half. Uh, I I think to me that's the shadiest line of the week. Like, why is that under the key number when the Browns have nothing to play for? The Steelers obviously do have something to play for. Steelers are a better team and still plus two and a half. I don't know. I, you know, I that's shady to me. I that's that's the my only thing that worries me in that game is the uh, Mike Tomlin. Never under, you know, never losing record is on the line there. But they could win and not cover, you know. Right. Yeah, I would. That's the type of game where field goals and missed extra points and all that nonsense in Pittsburgh. You never know. I mean, hey, look, I mean, I took it too, so I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think it's shady. Um, I'm actually going to, believe it or not, I'm going to agree with Meeker in the Tennessee game, uh, Tennessee and Jacksonville game. I, 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 I don't know. Jacksonville, given that many points, they're not used to it. They're not. I don't know how they're going to react to it. I think they win the game. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I think it's a one-score game. So I'm going to take the six. What is it? Just six if, and you a half go to Saint Peter, if you go to St. Peter and Paul's um, cemetery on the headstone of a lot of, a lot of people, is their last words and a lot of last famous last words were i'm gonna agree with meeker on this i agree just I, say, listen just I, you know I, i'm totally totally not expecting the win but i'm not going to change my pick i mean that was my pick and you know i'm going to go with it but it's six and a half now six it was actually half. six earlier but i'll take six and a half um and then uh my third pick i'm going with the lions at plus four and a half i i just think I don't think the game's going to mean anything to Detroit. I think Seattle's going to win, which would eliminate Detroit. I don't think Detroit's going to lay down. It's a division game. Campbell's going to have them raring to go, and, you know, he's going to be like, well, you know, we're playing this game for, you know, to to improve our record, to knock out our division rival. Like, he's going to have them riled up. I don't think Green Bay's that much better than Detroit, to be honest with you. I think I'll gladly, you know, Take four and a half points there. Packers probably still win the game, but it might be, you know, three, three, four point game, and I'll, I'll take the four and a half there. What'll be interesting in that game is if Seattle does win the game, do you see a line movement? You that's know, a good because point. that's, you yep. know, so I'll be curious. I don't know. I don't know the answer I, to that. And that's a good point. I have not bet the game yet because of that, because I do expect Seattle to win. And if they win, I think the line goes to five and a half or six. Yeah. And right, then I'm going to jump on it. It's definitely yeah. not going to go down, obviously. It's never going to go down. But, yeah, I, I have not bet that game. I bet the other games. That and that'll be, a tight, that'll be a tight that. window, too, with Seattle being the late game. But if they get up big, you'll start seeing adjustments before the Seattle game even goes final, potentially. Yeah, but they there's between the 430 game. It's and like the, a half you know, hour. Yeah, you have at least a half hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, with betting, you're on an app. So you, you shouldn't have any problem with that. Um, all right. That's uh, – the end of episode 35 of Broad Street Hustle. As I said, catch us on Twitter at Broad Street Hustle. Next week, we'll, we'll kick off the playoffs. Uh, looking forward to it. It's, you know, the, having this podcast has definitely made the season kind of fly along. 18 weeks went by quick. Um, any parting words, any any picks that you have for outside of the NFL for the weekend that you want to give out or we just saying goodnight. I haven't seen I haven't seen a line in the national championship game, but I got I have to think that Georgia's going to play a lot better than they played this week. Yeah, it's thir- I think so, it's thirteen yeah, and a half. It's almost two touchdowns, but uh, it's uh, yeah, I think thirteen and a half was the last one I saw. Yeah, that seems like a that over. seems like a Georgia <laughs> line for me. I mean, the way TCU beat down Michigan, I think a lot of money is going to go on TCU. 
And for Vegas to lay that big of a line, I don't know. It seems like a Georgia line to me. There's a couple of NFL futures that aren't finalized yet, like Coach of the Year. Like right now, yeah, between Sirianni, Shanahan, Dable. Dable. Yeah. Coach, guys have I mean, any thoughts there? I mean. Yeah, I, I, don't, I have to. I, I mean, I don't. I would have to research, like, do they. This, in these situations, does it typically go to the better record team, or do you have the most improved team get the coach of the year? Or Shanahan um, taking a third string quarterback and win five straight games? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I yeah. think any any one of the three could win. Um, I yeah, believe. I just think if it's between the Eagle, if the Eagles get the number one seed, I I feel like Sirianni would get over Shanahan. The question still is, does a team like Dable's team, where they improve so much? above their expected wins, especially get, you know, get the coach. I don't know what it historically in his first year too. In his first year of coaching. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Dable's Dable seems to be getting some push on like social media for for it. Well it's from, New York some too. folks. Nobody that's writing or nobody that's voting on this, but uh you know, I don't think this week is going to matter for him because if they even if the Giants pull off a win, it's not going to be a no. His a, his record's done. So, yeah, you know, it can only hurt Sirianni at this point, I guess. If if the Eagles were to lose, um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like the Eagles haven't really gotten that love all year, so I would not be surprised to see it go to one of the other to Shanahan or or Dave. I mean, I wouldn't take Sirianni yeah, as a favorite I, right now. No, no, no. I mean, he wasn't. I mean. The Eagles were the best record for the league for so long, but even then, still people weren't saying, oh, Sirianni is far and above coach of the year, this and that. So it's quite possible he doesn't get it even if they win this week. Yeah, and they're not going to – I mean, they'll split to have the best record, right? Them and the Chiefs will have to be tied for the best record. So. I mean, I, that's the other th- – what's crazy is, like, uh, you look at the Chiefs roster. I mean, with, with I know you have Mahomes, but what Reed does with that roster of, like, their wide yeah. receivers – and. I mean, there, and he's not even in consideration. And the, the the rate that they throw the ball is like historic, and and the completion percentage, it's like. But I think so much gets attributed to Mahomes that that Reed loses like some of his, you know, uh, clout on that. Um, now is, is is Bosa definitely locked up now for for? Oh yeah, that that that's over. Seems, I don't understand why. I mean, he's like. Well. Over the last I mean, six, seven games, he hasn't been the defensive player of the year. Doesn't he lead the league in sacks and on Probably the best like, what, defensive one right team? now? Yeah, but it's yeah, the he's best gonna, defensive he's gonna be, team. He's going to have an outside shot at breaking the record. Probably won't get there. Um, and it's obviously a 17-game season now as opposed to 16. But And they're uh, the best it, defensive is, team. Isn't Reddick like only one sack behind? Yeah, Reddick's Judon one sack behind? He's a couple behind him, I think. He's It's 16 versus... Reddick has 15. I thought Bosa, Bosa had... I thought both had 19, but I could be wrong on that. Yeah, I don't know the exact number. I didn't yeah, I, that, I mean, that's over. Is not, I mean. Do you think any coach is playing for his job Sunday? Bosa has 17 and a half, by the way. Reddick has 16. No, I think so, it's I mean, already. Reddick could easily get two sacks, and what happens there? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Bosa, Bosa did miss a couple the, games, though, I think, didn't he? He missed Same games, and San Francisco is the best defense. I mean, so I think that. That plays into it too. Uh, as far well, as Meeker's, technically the Eagles are the number one ranked defense. Just for yards allowed, yes, correct. Yeah. If you look at the the metric, yeah, um, they took over. San Fran, San Fran gave up a lot of yards. San Fran had a, a lot against yeah. Oakland. Or, oh, I still call them Oakland, Jesus. Yeah. And the Saints didn't put up a ton of yards. So, uh, as far as keeping jobs, I, I think that's already like I think the guys that are losing their jobs are already have lost them. Uh, as far as you know, that well, that haven't lost them yet, like Lovey Smith, Arizona. 
Kling- Kingsbury. Yeah, Kingsbury. Yeah. Um, I don't but, think anyone else loses their job. Your boy, I don't know. I, I don't think he's a good I, coach. I think, I if, think he's, if McCarthy loses in the first round, I think he's gone. He could, yeah. If they don't, could, if they don't, could Mike Vrabel lose game. his job if he loses. The no, no, no I don't think not. So, but I mean, there just... isn't some talk about that though, too. I mean, okay. I, I know that he's he's had. Then he, he won. He won coach of the year last year, didn't he? I know. I, mean, I, but they're I still talking I think, about it. I think he sort of won a power struggle there when they fired the GM in the middle of the year potentially because he obviously wasn't happy with some of the moves like trading AJ Brown. So I think that move was made with the intention of get, bring somebody that either giving Brable more power or bringing in somebody to work with him. Um, but, you know, you don't know. But I don't think anybody's job is on the line this week, whereas if they lose, they're definitely getting fired. I think that's already been now, decided. Now, Meager, I could have swore I heard, do, do you have to give compensation if you hire Peyton? Yeah. Is it? Oh, wow. That's, I didn't realize that until I just... But is it only this year or is it... I would, this year, yeah. especially this year coming up. Uh, so if a team wants wants them, they're going to have to give up draft capital for sure. So that's crazy. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know how that's you know how much that is. I mean, they, they've been talking about a couple second round picks. You know, possibly even a first round pick for a team that wants them really ba- bad enough. But um, I don't know if that if that's the reason why they made the trade with the Eagles, thinking that okay, well this will get draft compensation if they if someone wants Peyton, but yeah, I mean, uh, and I, I think after next year, then he's free to go wherever he wants to go. And there's no compensation. Yeah. Because his contract would be up at that point. Contract. I would assume. Up, yeah. And I will definitely be attacked depending on which team wants him. I think so. If they know they got Jerry Jones over barrel, they'll be asking more from Dallas than they would from, you know, Arizona, maybe even so. <clears throat> Uh, one you got to figure Saturday is not going to be the coach of the Colts, obviously. I would hope. Yeah, he's an interim. I, I think that's already been decided. Yeah, yeah. He's, not, he's not coming back. The guy, the guy in uh, Carolina, he's probably not going to keep his job, but he's actually not done a bad job since he took over. I mean, they, they haven't been terrible. It's that. That's uh, the well, guy that was in. Well, Arizona. yeah, he was a bad coach before. Yeah, but you know, guys sometimes don't. I mean, yeah, I'll check. I mean, work out his first coach. You know, the only reason why he has a test. shot is because. Uh, the Rooney rule on that one, right? Because he's he would be he's a minority, right? So he would get the interview, and he's already there. So if they, depending on the route they want to take, he could yeah have that no, advantage I, I, yeah, there. I think he's done a pretty good job, actually. Um, you know, they were they were up for the division up and through last week. So I think after and then we after this week's loss, I think Harbaugh is coming back, and he's going to have a shot at maybe two or three teams, he's going to pick his shot of wherever he wants to go. He's yeah, he was went to Carolina earlier this week. I think it would be Denver, Denver, the Colts, maybe. You, or the Colts, Colts. You would, I mean, yeah. he played for the Colts. You would think there's an – Yeah. And that Ursay is a moron, so he would be able to kind of run the team how he wants it, I think, which would probably – Denver, Denver might throw money at him. Denver might throw money at him, too. I mean, yeah, De- I just Denver, think Denver he might Carolina be a little limited. to spend <laughs> – he just might be limited. I think he wants some power too, so I think it depends on where he's going to get that from. Um, it, it'll then, be interesting because the story broke today that Michigan might be getting some sanctions, nothing too severe, but he might just want to find the best landing spot out of there now. Yeah, well, he was saying I sound like he wanted to come back to the NFL anyway. Um, yeah, well, he gave back. He gave back money. money. They took money back on his contract before the last two years when he made the playoffs, but uh, you know. 
And his 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 uh, denial today was, I anticipate being Michigan's coach next year. He didn't say, yeah. I am not leaving Michigan. So he left that door open. Mm. He's kind of a strap job. I'm not a fan. Yeah, I'm not. not I mean, he, good what coach, he say? I'm, I, I'm somebody posted, he, he, he mentioned before he buys his khakis at Walmart, and the Walmart family now owns the Denver Broncos. So made, <laughs> advertising made right there. Possible. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Episode 35, Broadsheet Hustle. Enjoy your evening. See you guys.